Delta Green, the role-playing game is a horror-themed tabletop RPG that uses dice and collective storytelling to help shape the narrative of the game. The handler presents story elements and situations to the agents who have free agency to make choices that govern their characters' lives. In the context of this game, Delta Green is a covert agency embedded in the upper echelons of government to stop supernatural threats and to prevent those threats from ever being revealed to the world. We at Doom Vision are playing Impossible Landscapes, a campaign of scenarios set in the world of Delta Green. Impossible Landscapes was written by Dennis Detweiler and published by Arc Dream Publishing. For more information, please visit delta-green.com or arcdream.com. All information will be listed in this episode's description. Previously on Doom Vision. Marcus is hit by a drunk driver outside of Max Bar. Veronica leaps into action performing first aid and is able to stabilize him. While attending to the drunk driver, the man informs Veronica he swerved to miss a homeless man in the middle of the road that had a snake around his neck. Marcus is whisked away to the hospital and the girls spend the night sleeping in the waiting room. While asleep, Marcus is visited by Person whom states he is there to serve him. Person starts to tell Marcus about Abigail but unfortunately, upon waking, Marcus cannot remember what was said. The only thing Marcus can recall from the encounter is Person saying, Go then, and in your bottle, find your truth. After checking on Marcus and filling him in on the events that transpired, the girls head back to the hotel for some much-needed rest. After waking from his drug-induced coma, Marcus goes temporarily insane, rips out his IVs, and runs out of the hospital. Marcus heads for Abigail's apartment, where he breaks in and starts destroying it out of a fit of rage. When reaching for an old military-style walkie-talkie on the wall, it suddenly springs to life, and to Marcus's surprise, the person on the other end is him. Find out what happens next on this episode. Kevin, I'll be your handler this evening. How's everybody feeling? Take a little temperature check. Close to death. I'm really nervous for Marcus right now and his sanity because he just went temporarily insane and now he's having this other thing happen to him. So I'm genuinely concerned about him right now. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we just had Marcus bust into Abigail Wright's apartment, go in, into the bathroom, break the mirror, hit the mirror. He's got a bloody hand. Got glass shards in his hand. He doesn't care. 
Um, he's got like a, you know, cast on his neck brace, eyes are bruised, you know, things like that. He's ripping shit off the wall, and then all of a sudden, something he's about to rip off the wall comes to life. Old, military-style walkie-talkie comes to life and says, Hello. This is Agent Marcus. <laughs> and so why don't you make a sanity? Fast, okay. You don't take any sanity. You kind of stop yourself from ripping that thing off the wall and you go and you're just kind of sitting there like I would just, I would think in shock, just being like the fuck was that my voice? So you see this on, right? You hear like the static from it. Do you say anything or do you just wait? Oh, no, I'm going to go up to it. Okay. So, yeah, you you were at it. It's like right there in front of you. Right directly in front of you. So I want to grab the receiver. <laughs> um What do you mean you're Agent Marcus? You're like It's a really broken up conversation you hear. India. Mission. Exeter. Moon. Dallin. Seer. Daimonian. Really garbled stuff, just random words you're picking up. You're like trying to, you're holding the receiver harder to your ear. I'm gonna grab it, rip it off the wall, and throw it. Okay. You rip it off the wall, and you see like the battery compartment is still stuck to the wall. You rip it off the wall, and you're like, uh, it's it's like in your hands and you're about to throw it and like this caustic battery acid leaks onto your hand. You take one point of damage as like this it's just like, ah oh, shit, burns your hand you chuck it off to the side and as you throw it, it hits the ground breaks apart and then the static stops Uh, so at that point, I think I'm just going to sit down in the middle of the room. Uh, does anything stick out to me? Did I uncover anything when uh, when I was peeling shit off the walls? Um, yeah, make a search. Fail. Would you have gotten it if you got a plus 20? No. Never mind. <laughs> um, so you're just sitting there around some mundane papers, just, you know, 
random things, just photographs, whatever. What's your search in? Really low. Twenty-six. Oh, yeah, that's really that's pretty low. <laughs> Hard to hit. Um, my photo or paparazzi is a little higher, so if you want to <clears throat> put it over in that category, <laughs> your photograph. Uh, <laughs> you want to scan for photos? No, actually, at that moment, while I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, did I leave my camera? Was my camera with me when I got hit, or was it at the hotel? I don't know. Do you bring your camera with you everywhere? I'm trying to remember, and I think because of my concussion, I'm having a hard time remembering. So, I think you always had it on you, but you got hit in the front by that car so even if you had it on you my guess is it probably got destroyed or damaged in some way from that impact of that car are you wanting to take photos i'm wanting the film you want the film oh okay you have um oh okay i was gonna say you have polaroids and that's about it yeah i don't care about taking pictures at the moment i want to develop some of the pictures that I've had already. Mm, okay. Well, so like if it's in pieces, you you ran out of the hospital. It would have been with your stuff. Like if if somebody recovered it, or maybe they recovered it. I don't know. Or did the police evidence it? If it know. was attached to your neck when you got hit, it probably went with you to the hospital. It probably would be with your effects at the hospital, which you, you didn't grab it when you were in your insane state. So, so I got to do the walk of shame to get that film. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just I think walk it's back there. in there with my gown. Yeah, like I, I think if unless they grabbed it, which they said they didn't say they did, but they would have just grabbed it. They wouldn't have like taken your film from you. You know, you're like a victim of a car accident. They would have just been like, oh hey, here's your stuff. Sorry, it's broken. Whatever. Yeah, it's not like you committed the crime. Uh, so I think Marcus is just gonna kind of sit in the middle of the room, scan all the walls and uh Here, I'll, I'll give you a search at a plus 20 you're gonna be sitting in there for however long hours long time until someone comes to find me yeah so search at a plus 20 that I would have got without the plus 20 <laughs> oh nice nice it okay. was right on the knot right on the dot okay give you a little piece of uh little piece of information to be honest I thought you were gonna like be like I want my film because film is flammable and I'm gonna light this bitch on fire <laughs> nah just light it on fire by itself this whole room is unflammable <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so much fucking, epoxy yeah. on the walls alright so you look kind of just on the ground one of the papers you ripped off looks like this I have the hand out there for you. Looks like a... Like a letterhead. And so... It's a crumpled, like, piece of paper. The heading... Do you want to read it? It's Hotel Rod Alabin. Is that how you say it? Bradalbin? Uh, I think it's Bradalbin. Bradalbin. Okay. In New York City. 
and then it's it's like a map. So it's basement, and kind of it ha Okay, after I grab this piece of paper, I want to go find the staircase to the basement. Okay. Um. Okay. Sure. Um. Yeah, it's just uh, there's like one staircase that goes all the way up and all the way down, so you could go down to the basement if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. All right. So you make your way down into the basement. It's dark. And very dark. There's like a hallway, and then there's, um, you know, like a room off to the right, room off to the left. Where's the elevator? Elevator. There's not an elevator in this building. Can you describe the... So there's just one room to my left and one to my right? Yeah, so it's really like like one room looks like it has like stuff for the building, you know, like a vacuum and cleaning supplies and stuff like that. And then the other room, poke your head in if you do, um, it looks like it's been converted into a painting studio. This is uh, something that I believe Thomas Manuel mentioned. And you see some like if you do you want to look around in there or do you want to like just okay yeah if we could please yeah okay so smells like oils and paint thinner in that room and you see like a like three plastic pails and there's like a little like sticky note on the on them and on the sticky note, it says, For Sammy Pickup. Sammy spelled S-M-S-A-M-I. And then you see, like, a stack of canvases up against the wall. Do you want to... What do you want to do? Do you want to look at the canvases? Do you want to, like, look at the pails? or do you... Since this isn't where I thought I was going to be. I think I'll I'll just take a look around the entire room and see just kind of poke around in each thing. Okay. Yeah. So the the pails you like on the side of the pail, it says that the that what's inside is linseed oil. And then if you look over at the paintings, you see start looking at them. And there's the first one you come across is a blank canvas. And there's a label on it that says, My Great Work. Completely blank. You go through the next one. The next one you see there's a young, thin man. His wispy, thinning blonde hair. And he's wearing like a hospital gown. And he's looking into a mirror. And in the mirror, he has a twin, but the twin is deformed and muscular, has like a misshapen head. Look at the next one, next painting. You see the image of a white-faced specter of some sort standing at the top of some stairs, 
in the midst of a house fire. And the rug is like this kind of strange aquamarine type color. Go to the next one. You see a child-sized clown in a yellow and blue outfit on a stage trailing a white paper dragon. And you get a flashback to that park. I want to say you maybe drop him. It's like, fuck. Same clown. It is an exact replica of what you saw. Are there anything like on anything on the back of them? Or is it just the painting? Uh, It's just the painting. Okay. They're not signed? Um, They're signed um, like, you know, Manuel bottom, right? You know, where they sign paintings, you know, just like Manuel scribble. And then maybe like the year. So as I'm going through them, um, the one that he has labeled my greatest work, I want to say, well, I guess he's never completing this fucking one and throw it off to the side. <laughs> okay. Um, talk to me about the one that has the, the, the specter. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's this white-faced looking, scary looking, creepy kind of ghostly figure sitting at the top of the stairs, calm, standing there, you know, looking at whoever is painting them or photo even. Does the staircase look familiar? Like, would I know if was it the staircase of this building? Like, if I were to go poke my head out, would it be the it, same staircase? It looks like it's it's in a house fire, so it's like a like not an apartment building, but like an actual house, and it's standing at the top, and the house is on fire. Okay. So then I want to look at the one with the the guy in the hospital gown. Mm-hmm. Does it look like me? It does not look like you. And and this person. You said they were looking at a mirror. Anything about the scene around? Um, no, it's all dark. So it's just like a dark image where, like, you don't really see anything else but the two figures. One looking at the other look at the other deformed figure in the mirror. Is that a full body length mirror, or like a cabinet like a, mirror? Um, a uh, bust from just just the chest up. So not like it was in front of a sink with a cabinet behind it or anything. Just like a mirror on a wall. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then I want to pick up the picture of the clown. Okay. The white dragon I don't have any feeling about. Uh, it's the... It's the same... It's thing, the same... Same... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it's the same um, white paper dragon that the other one was trailing around like this okay. at the park. And it's in the park. So Thomas Manuel painted this, and you experienced it, and you had never met him before. Is it dated? No, just the year, 1995. 
Okay. Anything else around this room that sticks out to me? Nope. Nothing else. Just that's what you find. Alright. Um. Can't ask him about it. He's dead. <laughs> Joey's looking at me like, yeah, I fucking know that. <laughs> I, uh. I want to head back to my hotel and get a change of clothes. Okay. And when I get there, there's a couple other things I want to do. Okay. So why don't we bounce over to Vanessa and Veronica? And we see what they're up to. You've you've had quite a day. <laughs> um, I think that's clear. That's pretty evident. Um, but what do you guys do? You Marcus is in the hospital. You guys wake up, take your showers, breakfast, whatever you need to do, and then what was your plan? What was both of your plans? So in the last episode, I we woke up like around four. And I took a shower and then I called the hospital to talk to Marcus and I didn't get an answer. So upon not getting an answer, I want to hang up and dial the hospital again and ask for the nurse's station on the floor that he's on. So you try to call the nurse's station. Okay. You call. Louise answers. And uh, you get a hold of her. What do you say? Hi, this is Agent Michelson with the FBI. I'm just calling to check on my agent, uh, Marcus, to see how he's doing. I tried to call his room and he didn't answer. Can you give me an update on his condition? Uh, yeah, sure. Here, um, let me go check and see if he's still asleep. So, comes in, pops her head in. You're still asleep. You're laying on the bed. Got a bit of a time jump here, so we have to use our imaginations. And she goes back to her nurse's station. She says... Hey, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's out. He's, he's, you know, out cold. He, uh, yeah, he's, his injuries are pretty serious, so I would expect him to probably sleep maybe at least till tomorrow. Um, but good news, we could probably release him tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Well, if there's any changes in his condition, um, I'd like to leave my phone number I'm staying at this hotel. This is my room number. Can you give me a call if he gets worse or let him know when he wakes up that I checked in on him and I'd like to hear from him? Sure. Yeah, no problem. I can do that. Okay. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Have a good day. You as well. Bye. Bye. Just kidding. Okay. So, call. And then, what do you do? Do you, do you just go like, hey, we're going to go take off, do the, do our thing, or? Well, at this point, I think Vanessa and Claudia need to have a conversation and kind of collectively decide on what our next moves are. Uh, what do you think, Claudia? I mean, we're supposed to catalog everything in that apartment. That's what Marcus, the handler, said, but... We've had so many things that have pulled us from that apartment that I would like to maybe figure out if there's something bigger than just a missing person. Like, is it the apartment itself? Is there something else going on? I kind of want to 
dig deeper than the surface. Right, and Handler Marcus did mention, like, we could go to City Hall and look into the building. He also wanted us to interview the remaining tenants that were in the building because supposedly they've all been missing or no one has had contact with them. So do you want to split up and tackle these these different things and that might be a good idea yeah okay what would you be most comfortable in doing do you want to go to city hall or do you want to do interviews i feel like i could i could really research everything we can find about this so i'll I'll go to city hall okay yeah i i actually do want to interview the remaining tenants and see if i can find that woman i i think her name was michelle um, that gave me this book, and so, yeah, I, I want to go back to the building and see if I can find her and, and speak to some of these other tenants. You're not going to read that book, are you? No, I'm I'm going to keep it here. I put it in the lockbox. I have the key. It's safe. I'm, yeah, it's, it's going to stay in there for now until we decide what to do with it. Okay. Yeah, and so you deduced that, that her name was Michelle because that was the only other, like, female in the building. And you knew the names, right? That's Yeah, from the... the Because she wasn't like, hey, I'm Michelle. Oh, and from the play. Yeah, from the play in Thomas's apartment that I read, there was a Mark and Michelle. And didn't uh, Handler Marcus tell us the names? He did, yes. Of Mm, the remaining tenants. And so I kind of assumed that that she was a female that was in that list that he gave us. So I was just assuming that, hey, she said she lived here that has to be Michelle. And also looking at this kind of play that Thomas was writing, she was the only female that was mentioned in it, so I'm assuming that this is all the same woman. Okay. All right. Um, Who wants to go first? (laughs) I can go first. Okay. All right. You make your way back to Abigail Wright's apartment. Is there, like, an attendant attendant that hangs out, like, in the front of the building? Is there someone available to talk to that I can figure out where these people live specifically? Because I don't think Handler Marcus gave me that. He just said, these are the people that remain in the building. Well, so I think the, the box on the front would have, like, the the, the name and then, like, the apartment the number. The apartment you number. Know, written in okay. pen or something. So I want to just start like on the ground floor and work my way up. Obviously, Abigail's gone. Thomas, dead. <laughs> so who is there anyone else that's left on the first floor to, for me to go interact with? Uh, Roger resides on the first floor. Roger Karoon is his name. Okay. So I will head over to his apartment. All right. So you walk over to his apartment. And do you want to knock, shoot the lock? No, I, yeah, I'll just uh, knock on the door, see if he's there. Hashtag just nest things. (laughs) Okay. And um, the, the, uh, you know, a couple seconds later, the door just opens and then like it hits the, the chain. And you see, you see a man, he's probably late 30s, early 40s 
and he uh, he goes, yeah, can I help you? Yeah, hi, my name is Agent Michelson with the FBI. Are you Roger? Yeah, that's me. I already talked to the cops. Understood, sir, but the FBI have now been called in to handle the Abigail Wright case. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, well, I do have my own questions to ask, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment. He's like, he like stops, he turns around, he looks back in his apartment, comes back, he's like, yeah, sure. And then he closes the door, unlocks it. So he opens up the door, and you look, and he's wearing loafers. They're dirty loafers, they're kind of scuffed, older. He's wearing a sweater. Like a, you know, light sweater. And his hair is kind of askew. He's wearing a sweater in August during it's like a the light, Like a light sweater. Okay. Like a cardigan or something like that. Not like a big fluffy winter one. But, but like, still the hottest yeah. summer of the year. Kind of like, really dude, you're wearing a sweater. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, like a lounging kind of thing. You know, just something like he drapes over his body. Okay. And... He, you know, lets you in. And as soon as you walk in, you're kind of hit with, like, a waft of smell. It's kind of smelly in here. Looks like he hasn't left his apartment in some time. You look, his sink is full of dirty dishes. There's laundry all over the place. Um, and it just smells kind of like sweat. Ew. And you see, like, a, some liquor bottles you know, hanging out. Like, there's just liquor bottles on the counter, you know, half drank. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're walking around as you're talking to him, you know, you notice, like, these liquor bottles are, like, they seem kind of fancy. Like a fancy, fancier, you know, brand or something. Like expensive liquor, not like bottom yeah. shelf, yep. you know. More high end. And he lets you in and he says, yeah, what do you want to know? Oh, I just have a couple of quick questions for you. Just, did you know Miss Abigail Wright? Did you have any kind of interactions with her? I didn't know her too well. Um, I know she lived across the stairwell there. But we rarely spoke. Did you ever see her coming and going with anyone else? Did you see her interact with anyone else? No. No. Okay. Just out of curiosity, Roger, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm an author. An author? What kind of things do you write? Uh, you ever heard of the Night Sea series? I wrote those books. I, I have not. Can you tell me about them? Uh, you know, it's just, uh... Science fiction, that's what they are. It's started writing them. And, uh, I was able to sell them a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I got, I got quite a bit of money from that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're popular among a, the crowd oh, nice. of, uh, niche, uh, crowd of science fiction authors. Oh, okay. I, I haven't read too much in the science 
fiction genre, but I've always been kind of curious about how the authors uh, come about with their ideas. Can you maybe give me a little bit of a glimpse into your world and how you came up with the ideas that you wrote about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I... He, he keeps, like, shifting his eyes. He's looking at his, like, computer. He has a word, like, it looks like a document processor, like, you know, an old style from the 90s um, where, like, you type and it's, like, a green screen, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. that's how he processes his words uh, or uh, as he writes. And uh, he keeps looking at it. And, he, you know, and he's just like, yeah, um, you know, I've, I've always been interested in science fiction, you know, and um, it's always just really I, I just am a big fan and and so you know I read a lot when I was a kid and then I moved here and I was able to start my own book series and I got an agent my, uh, I got my editor um, Carmen What's her name Carmen Wagner she's my editor um, uh, but yeah that's uh, you know I, I don't know I just read a lot and got inspired oh okay this may seem like kind of a random question. I apologize because, again, I don't know a whole lot about science fiction, but do you ever write about demonology? Demonology? Uh, no. No, I don't. No? No? So I see your computer over there. Are you working on a new novel? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm actually late for my draft. Oh. That's, you know, that's my, my editor. She's been on my ass about it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time then, since you're late. I do have one more question for you. Have you ever wrote any poetry? Or, um, let's say any plays? Or just novels? Just novels. I, I'm not a, much of a playwright. Just, just novels for me. Just novels? Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I am so sorry to bother you. I will let you get back to work. And, um, yeah, if you remember anything else or hear anything else that might help us with uh, Abigail's case, um, there's agents coming and going from her apartment all the time. Just stop on in and see if one of us is in there and get in contact with us. Okay. Yep, will do. Am I able to do a quick search with just my eyes, like, of his room, if I see anything else that sticks out to me? Sure. Um, let me see here. If you... Let me look at your search real quick. I think it's, like, 29. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I failed a couple. It started at 20, and I'm up to 29. Um, the only thing that you notice is that, like, his answering machine is, like, blinking. It kind of ke- catches your eye a little bit, and it's just blinking. He has messages that he hasn't answered yet. But yeah, other than that, you look around, you don't really see... You see, like, his word processor where he types his stories uh, for his books. You see just some really dirty, unkempt apartment. Um, other than that, that's all you're able to make out. Okay. I will go ahead and exit his apartment then. Okay. And he closes the door. You hear it lock behind you. I want to stand in the hallway for a 
a moment and just kind of listen to see if I hear him make a call or say anything. Like, I just want to listen. Like, put your ear to the door? Yeah, I just want to listen for a moment to see if I hear anything. Okay. Yeah, you just kind of hear, like, a whir of, like, a computer, and then he just... Like a computer sound. Okay. At this point, it's like, you know, you probably were sitting in there for, you know, it took you that long. It's probably about five o'clock at this point. Okay. Well, I will um, continue on to the second floor. I have Michelle and Louie's apartment. Okay. Who do you want to talk to? I'm going to save Michelle for last because she kind of... I'm assuming that was the woman that came in the apartment and gave me the book, and I I kind of want to save her for last. I'm kind of weirded out by her and the interaction that we had, so I'm kind of, like, not ready yet to face her. So I would like to go to Louie's apartment. Okay. I'm going to go to Louie's apartment. Go up there, give it a knock, right? Yep, same same routine. Okay. Um, he opens his door. Doesn't have the chain on it. Opens it right up. And um, you look and you see a young man. He's probably in his 20s. Kind of longer hair. Not like long, long, but like, you know, just long enough to like kind of cover his, just right above his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he opens up the door... And you're hit with a whiff of stale sweat, old food. Um, just another another instance of, like, you know, that same smell, you know? Um, hasn't left. Looks unshowered, unkempt. And uh, he's very nervous, sketchy-looking guy. Not sketchy, but, like, j- jittery. Jittery, it's yeah. like, uh, hello? Hi. How are you? I'm... Good. Are you Louie? I am, yeah. Hi, Louie. My name is Agent Michelson. I'm with the FBI. I'm just investigating a missing persons in the building. I'm assuming that you've heard about Miss Abigail, right? Yeah, yeah. I I spoke to the uh, police. Right, yeah. Well, the FBI have now been called in to assist in the case, so we are asking our our own questions and doing a little bit of background checking on the people in the building. Sorry to disturb you and make you go through this again. I know it's probably an inconvenience, but do you mind if I come in and ask you just a few quick questions? Uh, yeah, sure. And he lets you in, and yeah, just more of the same. Different furniture and stuff, obviously. Um, different layout of his apartment, but, um... You see, like, he has a desk um, with, like, lots of papers on it, like, um, and, like, art supplies from, like, it uh, looks like he he's some kind of, maybe, an, like, some kind of, he, he, he makes, um, like, r- really long pieces of paper, and it looks like he has, like, charcoal, pencil, graphite, different types of, like, um, pencils and things like that that he can create his art with almost like really long like a scroll 
almost. C- kind of, like yeah. Like, like what um, you would see in the movies, like a long scroll that you pull out. Well, ki- kind of more of like it's, it's uh, like, it looks like there's like a light, like a bright light above it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like for people that do illustrations. Okay. So he lets you in and he's, he says, um, uh, yeah, but, uh, what can I, um, t- do for you, agent? I'm just going around the building, you know, talking with the tenants. And so I just want to know if you knew Miss Wright, if you had any interactions with her. He looks like he's nervous about like his apartment, like that you're going to judge him. Basically, he's just like, uh, you know, so- sorry for how it looks. I, I-, I apologize. Uh, what was your question? Oh, honey, it's it's okay. Uh, I'm not here to, you know, judge you or you're not in trouble. I'm I'm just here to ask some questions. That's all. Um, I'm just wondering if you knew Miss Abigail Wright, if you had any interactions with her, if you spoke to her on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, I, I talked to her a couple times. Um, she, uh, she was, um, she was really nice. I, I, I saw her sometimes and, you know, I saw her in the hallway and stuff and I'd say hello um but you know we didn't really we, we, we never hung out or anything okay so Miss Abigail was an artist and I, I see your art supplies did you guys ever talk about art did you know what she was working on um no, she was pretty secretive about what she was working on she said that she was you know uh, working on something that was gonna change her life, you know. I, I know that she sold some pieces, you know, within like the last year, and so she she was able to take a year off and just focus on her art. And she, you know, I guess she she just kind of kept it under wraps. She wanted to show me herself, um, you know. And uh, she gave me this book, um, and you know, she said it was really interesting and. I, 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 I gave it a read. Um, uh, yeah, it was really, really eye-opening, you know. Uh, she was really, uh, yeah. A book, huh? Do, do you still have it by any chance? Oh, no, no. Um, I, uh, once I read it, I, I, I gave it up. I gave it to uh, Michelle. She's my neighbor. Um, thought, I thought she could read it and see what she thought. Oh, well, that was nice of you. Um, can you describe the book to me? Tell me the name of it. I'm, I'm kind of curious. He kind of gets a little bit of like a... Looks off into the distance, like 100-yard stare or whatever. And he says... You know what, Agent... I think you need to experience it yourself. You should give it a read, too. I mean, it sounds like a really great book. I would like to. If you could tell me the title of it or t- describe it to me, I will certainly try and find it. Well, it's play. The book was read, and when I read it, I can't couldn't stop reading it. It was so interesting. I'm kind of having a hard time picturing it again. I I should see if she has that book. 
Read it again. You look and he has like, like, um, just illustrations all over the place. Um, you know, uh, all over his desk and everything like that. If you're just kind of peeking around, you're, mm-hmm. you see all of his art supplies and sketchings and stuff. And his hands are have like a bit of charcoal on them from things that he's been working on very recently. Mm-hmm. You look and on his desk, you see one of his, looks like it's been t- like upside down, one of his um, illustrations. So my heart is pounding at this time because I saw what happened to Handler Marcus when he started reading that book so I like my heart is pounding and I'm I'm kind of trying to suppress some panic at this time but um I'm, I'm gonna swallow it for now and uh yeah I'll I'll ask him hey what what's that illustration what are you working on if you don't mind me asking and uh, he 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 goes. Oh, 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 that that's my that's my work. Um, I'm just. Uh, it's not finished. Oh, it's okay if it's not finished. I really love art. Um, I've seen some really interesting art since I've come to New York. Do you mind if I just take a quick look at it? Uh, uh, I, I'd, I'd prefer if you didn't. <laughs> I mean, really, it's not finished, and uh, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, uh, you you know I. Um, you you don't need to be shy. I understand that it's not finished. I'm just really, really curious as to what kind of art you do. And if you don't mind, I, I really would just like to take a look at it. I, I'm i sure I'll love it, whatever it is. Uh, 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 um, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Thanks, though, for your, you know, I appreciate it. But I don't think that's such a good idea. Okay, okay, no no worries. Do you have any finished pieces here in your apartment that I could look at? Again, like, I, I really like art, and I'm experiencing all sorts of new art here, you know, in New York since I've been here. Do you mind if I see any of your finished pieces? Um. Uh. You know, I, 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 I'd feel better if you didn't. You know, I just, uh, none of these are finished. I'm, you know, yeah, let's. Okay, okay. Maybe not, it, you it, know. It, it's certainly fine. I think I, my agent would get mad at me if I showed you any of my pieces. Who would get mad at you? My agent. Your agent? Oh, you have an agent? That's amazing. So you must sell your pieces pretty regularly? Uh, uh yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm a, more of a freelance artist for my agent. It, you know, if you can find me some work, I, I tend to... Uh, I'm really grateful of that. Um, yeah, his name's Mike Seavers. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to upset you. I just am really, really curious. Um, it's not a problem. Maybe I'll get in touch with your agent and buy a piece once you decide to release it. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to Mike and maybe you can... Make a piece for me. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I am sorry to disturb your night. Um, I'll let you go. But if you think of anything else regarding Miss Abigail, there's agents coming and going from her apartment pretty regularly. So just stop on by her apartment and let me know if you think of anything else. 
Okay, all right, will do. Thank you. Have a good night, sir. You too. See ya. He closes the door, locks it. I'm going to take a second to take a breath because with everything that happened with Thomas, I I feel like Ness is trying very, very hard to not let the, the same thing happen, to not let things escalate. And he, to me, he seemed like he was starting to escalate. And so... I think that she would need a moment to just sit there and take a few breaths and calm down because to me, he was escalating. So she needs to just leave the apartment before she goes on to the next one, take a few deep breaths um, and, and come down from that a little bit before she moves on to okay. an apartment that she knows is going to be very interesting. Miss Michelle. Meanwhile. Veronica. So, Veronica asked the front desk how to get to City Hall with her AOL disc in hand, just in case. And she takes, um, takes a taxi, City Hall, she explains that um, she's working with the FBI on the Abigail Wright case and she needs access to records. She's going to hopefully be escorted back to where she can have un- unescorted access to their records. Okay. All right, so yeah, they point you into the direction of the, um, like how you can get to the uh, city hall. That's what you want to do. All right, you make your way to city hall. What do you want to look up? I think I'm, I'm pretty curious about the building itself. So I want to look up history about the building. Okay. And even even if it leads into like surrounding buildings in Kips Bay, but I want to start with the McAllister building. So you want to look at the up in, uh, look into the building. So you can you make a bureaucracy? Oh sure. Your bureaucracy is forty. All knowing DM slash husband. Uh, point of order, I am a handler, okay? Oh, I'm so sorry. Handle these nuts. Okay. Please roll. <laughs> I got a 13%. Okay. Suck on these nuts. <laughs> How, wait, wait. So- Appropriate for the 90s. How do you like them apples? So, with that, you find out that for $200, you could get the blueprints for this building. I happen to have $200, so that's that's tempting. 
I think I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you want to put in the paperwork to, to pull the blueprints. Yes. Which is going to take like three months in 1995. But I'm still doing it, damn it. Okay. While they're, while they're gathering, the, you're doing the paperwork for that. Um, you start looking around City Hall for other information. Yes, anything listed under other. So, a search of city records. The City Hall. You uncover the original building permit. And what does that entail? From May 27th, 1921. It looks as though it began as a private residence for someone named Henry M. Lundeen. All right, and I'm going to be writing this down in a notebook. So there's an addendum on the permit on the 2nd of March, 1953. It shows the Lundeen house being refitted as an apartment building. The architect listed as A. Darabondi. So while you're there, why don't you do another bureaucracy for criminal uh, records? So bureaucracy, not criminology, right? Bureaucracy or criminology. I'm doing bureaucracy. I did not pass that. I got a... Oh, wait, no, I did. I got a 6%. Okay. God damn these dice. So you're searching for the records. Criminal records, in particular. Which, I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of strange. But go ahead. The... So the name pops up again. But now you have the full name. Okay. Of the architect. Asa Severin Darabandi. Shows that he was born on 28th of May, 1886 disappeared in 1950 and was legally declared dead on the 2nd of September 1960. Does it say his last whereabouts? It does not. But I can assume that it has something to do with the building since it's in the history, right? Um, say that one more time. I can assume that it has his last whereabouts have something to do with the building since it's in its criminal history, right? Not necessarily. It just doesn't say, like, what happened to him. He disappeared in 1950. Okay. But then you keep reading what he was going to be charged with. A chill kind of goes down your spine. <sighs> because Assad Darabandi is suspected to have drowned at least five and possibly as many as 20 children between 1947 and 1950. Holy shit. So he's a suspected child murderer. And upon reading that, she's going to stop and blink and reread it again to make sure that she was correct the first time. And then she's going to write that down in her notebook as well. Also in the city records, you, the criminal records, sorry, 
you see Charles Lundeen, the son of the owner of the building and a talented musician, hanged himself on the second floor ballroom, 30th of August, 1950. Also, same year that the architect Blast was suspected to drown a child. The same year that... Yeah, that's correct. So this this building has a tragic past in itself. Yep. And then there's more criminal records here. So 30th of April, 1952, Henry M. Lundeen, the owner of the building, was found in the staircase to the roof, dressed in strange plastic silver robes, wearing a papier-mâché mask. Brief investigation by the NYPD determined he had died of a massive stroke. And you look, and there's old photographs. You see a fat man in black and white sprawled across the third floor landing, wearing an expressionless white mask. Expressionless? Yeah, the mask is expressionless. Okay. I'm sorry. Um... What color were his robes? Silver. Plastic silver robes. So you found could almost on the found on the stairwell to the roof. You could almost say he was specter like. And did you say the third floor? That's what I was stuck on. Yeah. Third floor landing. So there used to be more floors to this building. Once I get the blueprints, I'm sure I'll be able to uncover that, but interesting. Because it was refitted, the, the, the apartment was redesigned. Yeah. Does it say how many floors it previously had? It does not. Okay. These are pretty old um, documents that you're looking at. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. You, do you want to look into Asa Darabandi? Absolutely. And the Lundines. Lundines? Lund- yeah. Okay. And so so I also am going to sketch the mask in my notebook. Okay. All right. I need you to make a bureaucracy or history, whichever is you'd like. I did not pass that one. Okay. So... You're kind of looking for the, uh, looking for more information about Asa Darabondi and, uh, not really finding anything, um, at first glance. At first glance. Um, but you do find out that in May 6th, 1967, May 6th, 1967, a corporation called the Art Life Corporation purchased the McAllister building from the Star Corporation. The Art Life purchased it from the Star. Looks like they are the current owners. Art Life. Which is interesting because a lot of the tenants so far are kind of artistic. Oh, interesting. All right, so you pay your $200, you get... You so they they you pay your two hundred dollars and then they give you a blueprint. I'll refer you to roll twenty so you can take a look. 
So there's only supposed to be two floors currently, right? So there's the ground floor, you know, the basement, the ground floor, first floor, and the second floor. Okay. So looking at these blueprints, I do see that there are two occupied apartments, but the others are not. Same with the entire second floor. So the receipt for 10B is not making very much sense right now. And you get like a like some paperwork that comes with it, and one item in particular sticks out to you. Okay. Written on elegant cream-colored stationery. Says Hotel Bredalbin. No address. It's just been stapled to the permit. And the stationery has a handwritten note. Scribbled in like a long faded ballpoint pen. It says I saw the rooms tonight at dusk. I'm gonna write down the hotel name and what the message said in my notebook. And I'm gonna put a note to myself to look into that hotel next. Marcus. What do you want to do? I'm going to go back to my hotel room and go through my clothes. Okay. I want to find the darkest clothes that I have. Okay. So, like, black pants, black shirt. Mm-hmm. Sure. And what, what time of day would you say we're at right now? Um, kind of depends on when you want to leave. Um, you said you were there for a while. It's evening getting to be dark probably very soon you said you said you wanted to stay until somebody took you out or do you just eventually leave no after I find the note or the the, mm-hmm. the map mm-hmm. and then I go down to the basement and find and find Thomas's stuff that's when I want to leave okay gotcha okay so you Put on all your darkest clothes and yeah it's it's getting to be evening you and Vanessa don't run into each other even though you're in the same building you don't know that you're still there while she's interviewing somebody you're you know downstairs then you're you slip out doesn't notice that you're gone she doesn't know that she does not notice that you're gone so what do you want to do now that you're dressed in all black uh, I want to find where this hotel is located. Okay. Doing a cursory search. Maybe you ask the hotel, even, or hop on their internet. Is it Steve at the lobby? It's Steve. Hey, Steve, did you call me the other night? <laughs> no. Do you know where this lobby is? Or this hotel? He looks at it. Hotel Bradalbin. Let me see what I can look up. Starts, like, looking up some stuff. Does maybe a little search on the internet. Dial up. Takes 45 minutes to load. And, uh... Says, I've never heard of this place. Have you 
been there before? No, uh, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. I, I, I'm trying to search for it. I don't see it coming up anywhere. Do you have a concierge? Yes, I do. Can I speak to your concierge? Sure. Hey, Candace. <laughs> uh, I got a gentleman who wants to speak to you. Well, hello. Do you know where this hotel is? Hotel. Let me take a look, see. I don't think we have one of these hotels in New York City. Thank you, Candace. Okay. Goodbye, sugar. Okay, I want to go talk to Mac. I'm going to go talk to Mac. Okay. All right, you go down and talk to Mac. What do you want to say? Hey there. What can I get for you, buddy? I'm going to take a look behind the bar on the mirror. Okay. On the glass next to the cash register. Still there. Is it? Yep. Still there. Mac, you familiar with this city pretty well? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. See these tattoos? Have you seen this hotel before? Hotel Bradalbin. They keep broads there? You tell me you're from here. (laughs) Smoking was allowed in bars back then. So... Troy almost just did a spit take. So he goes, no, no, oh, no, I've lived here my whole life. I've never heard of a hotel Broadalbin. What do you know about the McAllister building? The who's it? What now? The McAllister building. You ever heard of it? No, McAllister building. Yeah, I mean, whatever is it nearby here? I think uh, maybe it's, it's ringing a bell a little bit, I guess. Forget it. Oh. The guy that was in here the other night when I got hit. Is he a regular? Jerry? Um, yeah, yeah. I... What's his last name? Sorry, could you repeat that? What is his last name? Callahan. Where can I find him? Probably jail uh, or the hospital. The cops came and took him away after... Dude, you don't look so hot. Well, I got hit by a car yesterday, so I don't feel so hot either. Why aren't you in the hospital? Because I don't need to be in the hospital. Does he live near here? Jerry? Uh, I don't know where Jerry lives. So I want to write my room number down on the card, on a like, or a coaster, or a napkin. Say, when he shows back up here, I want you to call this room. Okay, I can do that, buddy. You might want to turn around and walk out. Hey, don't go chasing broads, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Fucking Mac. He's my favorite. Alright, so the last thing I want to do, since I can't find this fucking hotel, is 
I want to go back to the hospital and see if I can get the film. Okay. Alright, so you make your way back to the hospital. Vanessa. You're at the McAllister building, prepping yourself to go to Michelle's apartment. Yep. Okay, so go up to her door that you know it's hers now. What do you want to do? Give it a knock, kick it in. I think Vanessa at this point is almost a little afraid of her because of her reactions in apartment 10B, like her laughing and her giggling and her smiling when I had a gun pointed at her. So I'm I'm almost kind of afraid of her or anxious about speaking with her again, knowing that she read the book too and now she's trying to get me to read the book. Like, I don't understand what, what it is about the book that's making people go crazy, but I think I have a pretty idea that this book essentially is making these people go crazy from my interactions with, you know, Louis, seeing what Handler Marcus went through. So she's, she's a little anxious, but she knows she needs to do it. So I'm... <sighs> gonna take a really deep calming breath and knock on her door okay a couple seconds goes by you hear the doorknob twist she opens it up and you see that same woman from the other night and she gives you a big smile and she says you came Welcome, hello. I'm so glad you came. I'm glad I did too. Please, come in. Oh, okay. Is it... You see the sun's going down? Uh, yeah, I I guess. It's about that time. Oh, sorry. Nighttime is just my favorite. Time. Come on in. Come on. I got something to show you. I want you to watch this. Before I step into the apartment, I'm going to ask... Watch what? I just gotta show you. You're in no danger, I promise you. I just wanna show you this. It's incredible. Can't, can I see it from where I'm at? No, it's... It's my books. You gotta see them. Come look at my books. Gotta see what happens to them. It's incredible. Come on. Come on. I'm going to take two steps into the apartment, and I'm going to stop. With the door open behind me. I'm not going to close it. Okay. Sun's going down, right? 
Look at my books. You look, her apartment is like full of books, bookshelves. She's an avid reader. Unlike the other apartment, uh, other, unlike the other apartments, this one's fairly clean, organized. Because just wait, you'll see, you'll see. Did you read the book? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't had a chance. I've been pretty busy, but yeah, I I want to. Good. Okay. You should you should definitely read it. Okay. All right. Just wait here for a minute. Hang on. Sun's going down. You'll see. You wait a little bit with her. It's quiet. Looking at the books, you're staring at them, and she's like. Can you see it? Yet? Can you see it yet? What am I looking for? (sighs) Damn it. Come on, come closer. You just gotta see. Look, I'll stay back. I know, I know. I know I'm acting weird. I know that. Just come come check out these books with me. I want to show you what they do. They do something can't even describe it. Take a few steps back and I'll walk sure. a little bit yeah. further no, in. Absolutely, step back. absolutely. She steps back. She's... Can't step back because I'm fucking gonna go out of my mic, but steps back. She steps back. I'll take two more steps into the apartment. Okay, and so you're like in her living room. You look and she has all these shelves. She goes, Watch. And she goes over and she kind of looks, peeks out the curtain. You, you pull. She pulls it back. You see the sun's going down, going down, going down. You're waiting and you're looking. You look. You're staring at these books. And then, as you're sitting there, all of a sudden, books start to move. Then you see the wood, and it starts to... And then, from inside the wall, books start falling out of the shelves. And then you look an impossible size. The books and the bookshelves expand, and books come pouring out of the wall. You're in, you're in state of like, how is this happening? The entire wall becomes thousands of books. And the wall extends, you don't know how, but it's high, 20, 30 feet up, 50 feet across. And you're like, <gasps> I need you to make a sanity. I pass. Okay. 
Right, you take one point of sanity as your mind, you, you kind of think like, I think I'm fucking losing my mind or maybe I'm high or something. I need you to make an alertness. Oh, oh, roll here. That's a fail. I rolled a 69, just nice. Nice. Yeah. Up top. You fail your alertness. So you fail to see her coming up behind you. (laughs) She's about to push you into the books. Fade to black. And we'll find out what happens next time on Doom Vision. Hey there, Doomers. If you like what we put out every week and want more behind-the-scenes content, follow us on our socials at Doomvision Podcast on Instagram, Doomvision Pod on Twitter, at Doomvision Podcast on TikTok, and give us a search on Facebook under Doomvision Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, be it Apple or Spotify, and leave us a review. Thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope you're enjoying the Doomvision Podcast. Podcast.